Providing 360 degrees of information and entertainment. Reload for today's Nyjah. Ray Power. Ray Power. Ray Power. Ray Power. Nigeria's original independent radio station. It's cross blunder to theorize before one has data. At Data Chart, we analyze. Our politicians are indulgent when it comes to dealing with crime. We interrogate. We need to increase the strength of the police. But right now, there are about 370,000 according to them. And uh, how do they cover Nigeria? We interpret. And the trafficking in persons law has said that you cannot use any child that is below 12 in any home as a domestic help. We help decision makers and you understand the numbers. 78% of citizens agree or strongly agree that the news media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes. Join the Data Chart conversation every Friday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Ray Power FM 100.5 Abuja. For inquiries and advert placement, call 0906-420-5487. Data Charts, powered by NOI Polls Limited. A beautiful evening to you, Abuja, and to you listening, wherever you're listening from. Are you stuck in traffic, headed home, trying to tidy up our work? Happy new month to you. Yay, it's December. We are now officially in the festive season. Welcome to Data Chat. Data Chat is a platform where we analyze, discuss survey findings to help you and decision makers better understand the numbers and the polls. I am Basi Patricia Atim, Communications Officer for NOI Polls. When people choose those who govern them in a free and fair elections, it shows that sovereignty belongs to the people. I have two gentlemen in the studio with me who would be joining me to discuss findings on today's data chat conversation. However, before I introduce my guest and the topic, the conversation, for today i must tell you it is indeed very very interesting and i really look forward to you know hearing from you weighing on the conversation hopefully in time so i'll be right back and after the break like i said i'll introduce my guests to you people be representative of all Nigerian adults. As long as sample is taken randomly and proportionate stratification is used to ensure that it is representative of all adults, the size of the universe doesn't matter. This is well illustrated in a quote made by a famous US market researcher which reads, if you don't believe in random sampling, next time you are in for a blood test, ask the doctor to take it all. All right, welcome back. This is a um, data chat. Like I said, I'll be introducing our um, conversation for today would be looking at vote buying poll that's from NRI polls election series and this series is the series four 
As Nigeria comes down to the 2023 general elections, many political activities and events are ongoing in pursuit of various government positions. In light of these, NRI Post conducts its election series to seek the views of Nigerians on electoral processes, citizens' anticipation for the elections, and participation in the processes. Like I had said, this is um, officially the NY Post election series. So we'll be, every month we'll be reeling out and findings from an election poll till the build-up of the 2023 election. So the first um, NY Post election series actually looked at citizens' trust in electoral integrity. The second series focused on political party affiliation. The third looked at voter registration and PVC collection rate. And like I had said earlier, this is the fourth series. And this particular series will be looking at vote buying. We had conducted a poll like to get the views and opinions of Nigerians on vote buying in Nigeria. For more information on our polls and on what NY Polls does, visit www.ny-polls.com for more information on this poll and all other polls. For live social media updates on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, search for at NY Polls. And this data chat conversation will be available as a podcast. It's always on our podcast um, on Anchor FM. So just search for data chat. You find all our data chat um, series as well as other um, radio programs that we you know, have had on various um, poll topics and conversations. Also, video recording of the data chat conversation is available on YouTube. Again, search for NOI polls. So joining me to discuss the poll and to share insights on vote buying in Nigeria. Like so our focus is on vote buying and electoral integrity. Um I have in the studio with me two gentlemen. I have Samuel Asini. He is program specialist at the Civil Society Legislative Advocacy Center. It's nice to have you in the studio, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. I also have Abubakar Jafar. He is the monitoring evaluation and learning officer Resource Center for Human Rights and Civic Education. It's a pleasure to have you join us. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so before we delve right into the conversation, what are your thoughts on vote buying? Would, you know, like to hear from you. And as I said, we'll be opening opening up the phone line so we could, you know, get um, your views on that. The menace of vote buying is gradually crippling electoral processes and undermining the efforts of the electoral umpire in conducting competitive free fair and credible elections for the sustenance of democratic development in nigeria so i'd like to start with you sam um what are your thoughts on the electoral process so far in nigeria uh thank you very much for having me um so far if we look at the electoral process um in the most recent dispensation of democracy which we've had since 1999 up until this moment um, we are not where we want to be um, but we've made some progress uh, and I think um, issues like uh, vote trading uh, which involves the buying and selling just highlights that because um, we are at the point when the votes don't count uh, and now the votes count that's why the politicians want to buy them largely they count to some extent uh, compared 
comparatively to uh, the previous years. Uh, so this is now a new challenge. We still need to surmount. Uh, so generally, uh, citizens need to understand that um, we can't rest. We still need to demand more. Uh, we need to strengthen our electoral process. Uh, if citizens demand more, if citizens ask for more, these processes would be strengthened because the voice of the citizens is very critical. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it, there is progress, but we still have a lot of work to do. Okay, that's fine. So um, just pull that out, like you had said, the process so far, there's still a lot more to be done. But let's just quickly take um, the poll presentation so we can hear firsthand what Nigerians, what our poll findings, you know, had to show from um, the poll conducted where we had asked Nigerians their thoughts regarding um, vote buying. So I have um, Chidi Akubwe, he is the team lead opinion polling unit for NOI polls. He would be um, running through the poll findings. So Chidi, over to you. Patricia. NOI poll conducted this election series poll to seek the views of Nigerians on vote buying ahead of the 2023 general elections. This is the fourth in series uh, of the monthly election polls as Nigerians count down to the 2023 general election. Election is a process where the populace is given the opportunity to choose their leaders uh, at various levels from the federal to the state and then to the local government in a democratic dispensation. Nigeria will be going to the election booth early 2023. And this survey was conducted just to get the views of Nigerians on vote buying. And we asked Nigerians to claim that they registered to vote issues surrounding vote buying. Aside knowing whether they've registered or not. We've also asked uh, whether they've collected their permanent voter's card. 86% said yes, that they have their permanent voter's card, while 2% said that they applied for transfer, and 12% uh, said they have a, a, a temporary voter's card. The next question we asked is that we wanted to ascertain the degree of voting certainty among uh, respondents who stated that they, have, that they have collected their PVC. 83% indicated that they are absolutely certain, those who claim to have registered and those who claim to have their PVC. 83% stated that they are absolutely certain that they will vote in the 2023 general election, while 9% say that they are fairly certain, 4% say that they are not certain, while another 4% say that they will not vote at all. The next question was on vote buying. We know that vote buying is a common type of electoral violence, which has proven very difficult to prevent and penalize, especially in our country. The question was posed to the respondents, supposing a gift or favor were to be offered to you by a political party or candidate during the election, would you accept this gift or favor? 30% stated yes, that they will accept the favor. Why 70% declined, said no, they will not accept the favor. Of these 30% who stated that they will accept the favor, they were further proved. And the question that was posed on them is that, in your opinion, what kind of gift or favor would you accept? Of the 30% who said that they will accept a gift or favor, 43% mentioned money, 21% said that they will accept any gift, 10% said promised job or contract, 9% said food item, and 2% indicated clothing. 13% mentioned they prefer not to say what they will collect as gift or, or favor. 
we further went ahead to ask them a very, very sensitive question. And the question we posed to them were, will this gift of favor influence your decision to vote for the political party or candidate during the election? 26% said yes, 64% said no. 10% preferred not to say, while 26% said yes, that the money or whatever they collect as gift or favor will definitely influence their decision to vote for a candidate or a political party. The last question on the poll was, why do you think political party or and candidates engage in vote buying? And top of the list is desperation to win, mentioned by 37%. Then we have those who say they believe it's a norm for the political party or candidates. 14% say that is a norm, while 10% mentioned greed or selfishness. 8% stated they know the people are poor, hungry, and will accept gift or favor to vote for them. Another 2% said lack of confidence, corruption, and then other things that were mentioned. Lastly, just to paint a clearer picture on how vote buying can affect credibility of the 2023 general election, recall that INEC reported a total of 9 3.5 million registered voters for the 2023 general election. And the poll revealed that out of the 30% who admitted that they would accept a gift, 26% are willing to sell their votes for monetary gains during the election. This 26% of course translates to about 7.3 million adult Nigerians, voters. Note that from the previous election, the figure, this figure is enough to boost any candidates to win in the election. Therefore, to combat this threat of vote buying, relevant, relevant stakeholders should demand that the privileges associated with holding political offices be significantly reduced. The abusive influence of money in the selection of candidates, especially during party primaries, should be drastically controlled. Electorate should be educated on why they should reject all forms of partisan inducement. And that Electoral Commission, the INEC, should improve the current measures on ballot secrecy. Else, vote buying will still be a canker worm in our electoral system. Thank you, Patricia. Okay, thank you so very much for that um, beautiful presentation. That was um, Chidi Akubwe. He is the team lead opinion polling unit for NOI polls. So um, I had stopped at you, Sam, so I would just like us um, to pick up from there. We had heard, you know, from the poll presentation that 30% of, I mean, while 70% of adult Nigerians, which is a huge proportion, say no, they will not accept any gift of favor in exchange for voting we had 30 percent of adult nigerians say yes i would accept a gift or a favor so i mean while the it's positive to see that um the 70 percent is a sizable number who affirmed they would not take any gift arguably 30 percent might the 30 percent who believe that they would you know exchange their votes for um a gift or a favor be let's assume they don't know what vote buying is so just you know briefly talk to us about what you know vote buying is and how it affects them um, the credibility and integrity of the elections uh thank you very much i i think your colleague who has spoken earlier has actually helped my work um with respect to the question you've asked um 
just uh, to be very basic, uh, votes buying is actually when uh, you sell your rights to vote uh, in the sense that you actually vote in a certain pattern uh, because you've been induced either through uh, money uh, or through whatever that means through clothing you can see uh, other uh, items on the survey uh, so generally what that just means is <coughs> you're just voting because you've been given uh, some form of inducement and uh, that in itself is actually a threat to democracy. Uh, you see the figures from the registered uh, voters, over 90 uh, million people. Uh, you discover that the amount of those who have said they are going to actually, um, it's going to influence their choice. That's about 7 uh, million. And that's like your colleague mentioned earlier, is enough to sway the vote. Mm -hmm. uh, in the last, um, you could say in the last four years, this has actually been an issue. Uh, and like I earlier pointed out, it's actually tied to the beauty of the elections and how uh, votes now count. That's why they now want to get them. So citizens should actually, first of all, be aware that mm -hmm. they now have power mm -hmm. uh, because your vote is actually very expensive. Uh, your vote is uh, powerful. Uh, the political elites know this, uh, and those who don't have the interest of the people at heart are actually coming for this with funds and with money. Uh, in 2019, um, the UNODC and the National Bureau of Statistics uh, in the second corruption survey uh, also had this issue, and I think 25% of the voters within the 2019 election were actually offered money uh, to actually sell their vote or some form of inducement to sell their vote. So you see, this is something that has actually been on uh, and it's, it, it's not a good uh, omen because at the end of the day, looking at security, uh, looking at the education, we're just coming out of ASU strike, uh, looking at the economy and everything, there's actually a consequence of the processes of citizen selecting leaders. So if you don't, if you sell your vote, uh, you're not immune from it. Like mm -hmm. we jokingly say, everybody would have breakfast. So if yeah. you definitely sell your vote, mm -hmm. then something would actually get to you in a very wrong way. So uh, it, it's, it's good for citizens to understand this and see that they shouldn't actually do that because uh, no matter how much they give you or no matter what item they give you, the consequences of selling your vote uh, and also being uh, getting money or whatever mm -hmm. equivalent is actually disastrous. disastrous. Okay. And now you come to you, um, Abu Bakr. Um, does vote buying will be called only at elections. I mean, some would argue it's occurs at you know campaigns during campaigns at um, primaries as well. Um, are these assessments? Are they? Would you consider that assessments correct? I think the, the answer lies in the terminology. Mm -hmm. It's the same way we would um, probably call something um, in some parts of the world. They call something lobbying. In other parts of the world, they call it corruption. So the answer lies in the terminology. What exactly is it? It says, it says vote buying mm. so an exchange of something to garner that particular uh, term, mm. vote mm. so if at primary level uh, political parties and candidates can argue that they're providing a form of welfare to their members and at campaign level they can say that we're providing a form of support to the community it might be in form of um, exercise books writing materials, clothing materials, billboards, and other things. But explicitly, at the election ground, when something has to be exchanged in order to either coerce or induce a citizen to vote for a particular candidate, at that point, I think we'll streamline it to say that's vote buying. If we now want to talk about the larger use of inducements, financial or otherwise, in the electoral process, that's fine. But if we want to be specific, vote buying is when we exchange inducements for.
for votes. That's at the polls. At the polls, yes. Right. So, um, is it safe to say that what is being shared during campaigns mm-hmm. is not necessarily vote buying? Well, it's the same way you 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 tell someone that I'll give you this if you agree to support me. Maybe when I become with this, mm. elections are not any time in the okay, play. Okay. But when the citizen goes to the polls, maybe elections are in three years, they remember that, oh, so-and-so person happened to do so-and-so thing for me at so-and-so time. So at that point, do we then categorize that vote as being induced or as a form of, oh, I feel like because this person has done something like this for me in the past, I should also repay them back by giving them my vote. this mandate, by voting for them. So it's a delicate balance. And it often boils down back to how much uh, inducement we decide to introduce in our electoral processes. Mm. Okay. All right. So, I mean, like Nigerians have, you know, given reasons, have stated reasons why they believe vote buying thrives in Nigeria. We've had, you know, 37 percent desperation to win we have 13 percent they believe it's a norm greed and selfishness amongst them other reasons so i'm looking more on you know nigerians um, belief that vote buying is a norm and you know when you look at it we also had people who said that oh they know people are hungry and poor as a reason why you know politicians engage in vote buying so they know that the electorate they know that a certain you know people are people need this money so they need to you know offer that that way to you know get back their vote so how does this inducement affect our democracy and politicking as well i'll, I'll, I'll take it from the angle of the economy okay. first because the economy of a society determines to a large extent how that society reacts to certain issues. Like, I was having a discussion with a friend some days back, and we talked about how... So he mentioned to me how he thinks that a lot of Africans are where they are because the average African or the African society exists on a survival mentality. We don't think beyond how we want to... Everything we do is geared towards survival. How. I intend to survive in this place in society. People don't people rarely think about how I want to make my mark or I want to expand my society or I want to explore myself. I want to see what talents I have. So to a large extent it forms how the society thinks. I mean looking at the polls we have there's a, a, a desperation to win. We have believing people believing it's a norm, greed, selfishness and people knowing that people are poor and hungry, all are subsets of the same issue. The economic and social standing of the society at large. Because if you have a society where majority of the persons in that society have ascended beyond the survivalist mentality, Mm -hmm. I mean, you have places where people are homeless. You have societies where people are homeless, but you would not go and induce homeless people with uh, financial gain or gifts or things of the sort because they would feel like it's an insult to me. So what do you think? Because I am homeless, you now think 
that you can exchange my civic duty for what mere trinkets but you have a society where even educated people see it as a form of governance has finally touched me mm. i have finally gotten my own share of the national cake so i better grab it beyond before it passes my way you have people say things like i beg i will collect anything from any politician but i will vote my conscience the mere fact that you're even collecting in the first place means that you're already a problem to the system because you would see it as a norm mm. politicians are eating fat up there so when they come and meet me to induce me to vote for them i would collect their monies and i will vote for my choice what is to say that the same politician that has that, that has invested in trying to induce you has not also invested in monitoring his investment so that mm. it doesn't go bust mm. so we as a society generally we need to uh, I mean look at our economic standing and see how we can elevate people generally from that standing then we can start talking about how we can reduce I mean from the pose in itself a lot of people are already seeing why it's wrong. Short-term pain, short-term gain, long-term pain. The politician just knows that if I induce this community, I don't need to come to them for four years until I come induce them again. Mm. So if we can, as a society, collectively decide to elevate beyond that mentality of let me collect my own share from government, I think we would have it better for our democracy. Okay. So, I mean, I'd like to hear from both of you. Um, where do we, you know, I sense it's, okay, so there's poverty and then there's value system, right? So where do we begin to draw the line between poverty and values for, you know, the electoral system? Because, I mean, if you even look at the polls, what Nigerians, like the 30% of those who stated they would, you know, get, um, take gifts in exchange for votes. I was surprised when I saw 2% who had also stated um they would exchange their votes for clothing so i'm saying like my question is where do we begin you know to um draw the line between you know poverty and value values in the electoral system that's one and then could this also be considered can vote buying be considered as a criminal offense or a moral issue so who would go first okay i i i, I think i can go first and okay. i think i would start uh, so, looking at the issue of um, votes buying, um, especially within the context that you've mentioned, mm. uh, so first of all, I think, uh, yes, it's a moral issue because we've had, um, like the previous speaker mentioned, we have like a sort of moral deficit uh, where citizens need to understand the effects of this. Uh, then on the flip side, it's also important to understand the nuances of these issues. Uh, we have a 33% unemployment rate. That's one in every three Nigerian is unemployed. Uh, to add to that, 20% of Nigerians are also underemployed. So you add that together, that's one in every two Nigerians is either unemployed or underemployed. Uh, you look at in terms of income inequality, uh, you look at all these issues. Uh, then you understand it's, uh, some people will tell you it's an intentional act uh, by political elites, uh, some political elites to keep the people poor so they can actually use them to actually get to power by giving them crumbs. Uh, we've had cases where citizens go for as little as um, a handful of onions, um, sachet of salt and a sachet mm, of um, tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah. Just we've seen that in uh, uh, certain states around the country and that's actually really 
it's sad mm -hmm. uh, so it's important to balance these issues because uh, we saw what happened with uh, the conditional cash transfer where they were given some certain poorest of the poor uh, some certain amounts of money and you had arguments that these people where they are really need lots of funds uh, but looking at it generally I think it's something that should be discouraged generally because uh, no matter there's no amount the political elite would give you that will be more than the equivalent of your votes mm. uh, we can see it in terms of security as a country we've never had it as bad as things are um, you'd have daring attacks in different areas uh, we can see it in other aspects of the economy uh, like my colleague mentioned and also you can even see it in terms of the educational system uh, then coming closely or linking it up with uh, the question if it's a criminal or it's a, a, a moral issue. issue yeah so if we stretch it aside even the vote buying look at inducement uh, generally uh, you could see uh, those it's crossed the line of morality uh, to you trying to influence uh, the pattern where someone is trying to vote and this now brings the argument of not just even on the election day uh, but also of how political parties are funded uh, it brings issues of political party campaign financing uh, and even that of candidates themselves uh, because you'd have to now ask how are these funds actually even moved through the systems mm. we use financial institutions to move these funds uh, we how are these individuals able to actually make these transactions why don't we have uh, law enforcement officials uh, getting them uh, because we've seen uh, thankfully in uh, the recent uh, primaries we had we've seen an icpc and efcc make one or two efforts around arresting um individuals uh but it's important for us to also see the big fishes who actually sent those individuals also uh facing the law not mm. just individuals who are the food yeah. uh, there so i think that's also important uh then secondly uh we have laws that can actually strengthen and prevent these issues from happening uh so political parties generally are supposed to uh send their audited financial statements to INEC. INEC is actually supposed to see them uh, by law. This is going by the constitution. Uh, the Electoral Act gives spending limits of political parties. So there are certain amounts they are not supposed to spend more than. Who's enforcing this? Who's ensuring that this is actually in place? Uh, the banks, they have uh, suspicious transaction reporting that they are actually supposed to carry out and report to the NFIU. Who's ensuring that this is actually working as well? Uh, because until we begin to see how to ensure that the enforcement of all these rules and regulations that we have are in place, then we can't really deal with these issues because it still goes back to funds. It still goes back to how funds are moved within uh, the financial system. Mm. So yes, you can say it's a moral issue, but it's also a criminal issue when you look at it because uh, at that point, it stretches beyond you just trying to get someone to you, uh, maybe breaking some sort of um, electoral laws and other laws that are actually set in place. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, like he said, uh, it's the intersection between criminality and morality borders around how we enforce our laws because evidently we're supposed to know around elect the elect uh, the whole electioneering period mm. how much this party has how much this candidate has how much this candidate is willing to spend and what is left and so the the, the crime around vote buying is how these funds are able to be moved in quick time to get to their destination without even triggering a sort of oh okay there's been a suspicious movement of x amount or y amount within certain localities do we look at this do we not look at this then you hear of 
support groups and so how how do we then curtail support groups um this group that group and everything doing things within the ambit of the law especially with regards to campaign financing you can have uh, we hear uh, that this party has x number of support groups that are officially recognized then uh, y number of support groups that are unofficially recognized and all these people get funding funding from where from whom and how so i think we 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 as citizens to have a moral obligation to ask these questions fine you want to induce me where is this money coming from okay where is it coming from i know times are hard and sometimes it's hard to ignore the privilege that comes with not being able to experience what a lot of other nigerians are experiencing mm -hmm. but it's also key to understand that we need to in the short term reject these inducements if we want to in the long term enjoy the benefits of a clean electoral system okay so um before we go on a short break um just very quickly we had talked about um laws um, guarding against them um, some of these um, electoral you know practices and so when we look at the nigeria's um, electoral act given the recent amendment so i mean i would still want to ask are there laws that are actually like specifically guarding against them um, corrupt and electoral practices as you know vote buying and yeah maybe inducement and how well have um how well has commissions stakeholders and even relevant authorities feared towards implementation i mean some had in hinted earlier that you know we might have you know a little bit of work in fact more work to do when it comes to enforcement and when it comes to implementation so just very quickly talking about the you know electoral um act the recent amendment so do you think these reforms are effective and sufficient enough personally i think nigeria has never had a problem with laws it has always been a problem with enforcement we have laws in fact we have laws that are that address issues that have not even happened yet we even have some laws that that address gray areas our problem has always been with enforcement now the question is there is evidence as to a certain person either offering inducement or receiving inducement how do those persons get punished we have laws that state that this is this this is this that maybe a jail term uh, a ban from political activities or uh, the punishment as the law has prescribed how do we get people to actually enforce those rules then you you have cases of collusion somebody has induced maybe a citizen for a vote and the law enforcement agency at that point wants to perform its duty as enshrined in the constitution to either arrest or remove those particular persons from the area you have an emotional reaction to that uh, scenario where people say ah, ah leave them now it's not the first time it's, it's our person it's so we have that problem where we have a lot of laws. People complain about not having laws. But enforcement is where the problem is. Then when we now decide to enforce, we have an emotional reaction to a lot of things that happen. That after all, it is a norm. How do we then delegitimize these issues if we, the citizens, do not consider it a crime? And the court of public opinion passes its judgment before the court of law can even 
decide on the case. Okay. All right. So that's um, it for now. Abuja will take a very quick break. And when we come back, we will open the phone lines to hear from you and weigh in on the conversation. We'll be right back. According to Howard Berry, Chief Economist Google, the ability to take data, to be able to understand it, to process it, to extract value from it, to visualize it, to communicate it, is going to be a hugely important skill in the next decade. At NOI Polls, we offer the combination of forward-thinking research and relevant data for the private, public and the third sector across Nigeria and West Africa. We provide timely and relevant information on public opinions across sectors. Our values and principles are wrapped around professionalism, excellence, teamwork, integrity, and commitment. Call 092904162 or email inquiries at noi-polls.com. Also visit us at number 4, Depp Street, Neitama, Abuja. Remember, without data, you're just another person with an opinion. NOI polls, data, analytics, data bank, strategy. Welcome back. Are you just tuning in? We've been looking at Nigeria's um, electoral system with focus on vote buying. Political parties and candidates engaging in vote buying, associated problems, downsides to democracy and elections and advocacy. What your thoughts what ways to better address these um so we'll be opening up the phone lines we'd like to hear from you would like you to weigh in on the conversation will you accept vo favors or inducements from a political party or candidates in exchange for your vote let's hear from you the numbers to call is 081 842 70287 i'll take that again 081-842-70287. Alternatively, you can also call in on 081-842-70265. 081-842-70265. So we'll be waiting to hear from you to weigh in on the conversation. What are your thoughts on, you know, vote buying? What are the associated problems? And you know what are the downsides to democracy? And will you accept favors or inducements from a political party or candidate in exchange for your vote? So do call in and you know weigh in on the conversation. So we have been looking at you know having a credible electoral I mean having a credible electoral framework system and process is crucial for the integrity of a country's election leadership recruitment process as this in turn aids growth and strengthens um, strengthens democracy so i'd like to ask them um, sam what can be done to dissuade vote buying or you know vote exchange inducements to stop people from exchanging during you know elections yeah so um i think two things uh, so the first you look at the supply side and also you look at the demand side uh, so how you do that first of all enforcement uh, in in the terms of enforcing existing registration um, legislations uh, in line with the electoral act um, which prohibits issues around bribery to get vote or uh, to maybe elect individuals uh, and also you now also work on sensitization so starting with the first um, enforcement which is dealing with the supply side uh, so here you work with um, the icpc the efcc INEC themselves um, relevant anti-graft agencies the banks and the rest to ensure that political parties conform to the out uh, 
guidelines for political party financing uh, candidates themselves conform to the required regulations nobody's exceeding the financial cap they're supposed to exceed uh, no one is actually uh, filing wrongly what they should uh, because if you even look at the electoral act um, accountants who actually would help politicians also file uh, erroneous filings also have their own punishments there uh, so it actually has far-reaching legislations and far-reaching uh, laws that can actually help these things uh, the country and the election electoral process get better uh, so i think the there is to enforce them in the first place. Uh, and next should also ensure that the audit statements, uh, financial statements of uh, political parties are up to date, that they ensure that the rigorous, rigorous should follow them and ensure they actually uh, apply that. That's one. Okay, uh, sorry, can let's just quickly take this call. Hello, good evening. Your name and where you're calling from. Welcome to Data Chat. Let's hear from you. Hi, good evening. My name is James from, and I'm calling from Lube. Oh, um, um, you're welcome, yes. James. Thank you. With regards to the question on um, what can help curb vote buying, I think part of the problem is that um, is the vote party that we tend to deal with. So I think reports are out there that election after general election after general election, um, the proportion of voters who turn out um, at the ballot tends to be uh, diminishing consistently election after election year. So. Um, I think because numbers are smaller, it's easier uh, who wish to pull out money. If Nigerians, if the numbers Please, can you change your out, position? We can barely hear you. Okay. I was saying that I think I contribute to vote. Okay, please kindly call us back. We finding it, we are finding it a bit difficult to, you know, um, hear what you're saying. So again, the numbers to call 081-842-70287, 081-842-70287. Alternatively, you can reach us on 081-842-70265. I'll take that again, 081 842-70265. So, yes, yeah, Sam, you were talking about enforcement. Sorry for that. No, that's fine. So, um, the first part I was talking about was on the supply side. That's enforcing of enforcement of existing laws. Mm -hmm. uh, then the second part is actually moving to the demand side. So, here now you're meeting the citizens who uh, actually buy these votes. Um, uh, there you have to sensitize them which is actually what um NOI is currently doing which i think is commendable uh, there you have to let them understand that uh, whatever you collect from a certain politician or a certain political party uh, either for themselves or on behalf uh, of somebody else uh, has its own effect okay right. hello welcome to the touch your name or where you're calling from i'm calling from day day my name is emmanuel okay um, hello emmanuel yeah you see nigeria problem is that he the poverty rate in Nigeria is making people to collect money from politicians to vote. Because why? Our politicians are not trying. Nigeria is a great country. Okay, let's check out. Uh, let, there is no election that Nigeria will do that is free and fair. Telling you this. Okay, now let's check about uh, France, France election. Emmanuel Macron. You understand? Nobody, everybody watch the election. Everybody see how it goes. Nigeria is a corrupt the country that the, the politicians have already spoiled the country. You understand? And the poverty rate in Nigeria is high. That is just the truth. You see, by the time all these men, they believe that they have money to bribe us. And it's not possible. Now, you collect $10,000 for eight years, 
eight years. You eat it one day, then you suffer for the next eight years. Or you collect 20,000, you suffer for the next eight years. It's not possible. Nigeria, we are blessed and we are rich. Our politicians are not allowing us to see the front. You understand? That's just it. For instance, you can see somebody that maybe is hungry and they have no food to eat. You know, I'm telling that, ah, please, this is 5,000 naira. The person will collect and will thank you. Because why? He doesn't have. So what I want our Nigerian leaders to do, they should stop bribing people. There should, they should be a law that there is nothing like money coming to the, to the, voting, the, the voting ground. Should, anything like that should stop. Let everybody vote who they like. Let everybody vote with their mind. Stop bringing money to possess people. One perception that feeds a narrative and that narrative feeds the way the politicians and the citizens engage with the election. If you as a citizen are going into an election cycle with the mindset that no matter what I do, my vote would not count. Because that is tantamount to saying that my vote will not count. And the politicians who comes into that election with the mindset that whatever happens if I decide to campaign on my merits, if the politician is sure of their self, if I decide to campaign on my merits, it is a matter of who is able to outbuy the most votes that mm. would win. Mm. That feeds that narrative. And so both citizen and politician comes into the election with the mindset that the citizen comes into the election with the mindset that I'll collect the highest money and vote for the highest bid. And the politician comes into the mindset, uh, comes into the election with the mindset that I would, whatever anybody has decided to spend, I would outspend that person. And so if anybody, if, if people come into the election without the mindset of even spending at all, I would induce as many people as possible, thereby leading to a further breakdown of the cycle in itself. Because we cannot hope for something to be good and on the other hand, decide that it is already a bad case. It's, it's, a, it's, a, par it's, a, uh, it's a paradox. At what point does it then become a working system mm. when we already have lost faith in the system and you have the actors that would decide since they have lost faith in the system i'll manipulate the system to favor me so it's either we decide we decide on our own that we want the system to be better and so we would work towards making it better or we just leave it for all commerce to decide how they uh, intend to process the system mm, okay all right so um while we round up um the conversation and we round up the show um just very quickly can you you know tell us what organizations like yours and um, sam is doing to us you know desensitizing people particularly um electorate on practices just as you know votes brand that they need to exchange their votes for a favor or for a gift and how do we begin to change the narrative in one minute yeah thank you very much um, patricia so quickly um we work uh, on the supply and also on the demand side like i mentioned earlier so i work very well with the anti-corruption agencies uh, icpc efcc nfiu and a couple of others uh to ensure that they actually follow these rules and regulations we've also engaged uh with NINEC. we still have that continuously to see how this is strengthened uh and also with the citizens as well through uh 
stakeholders engagement um power hall meetings uh, radio uh, events as well like this and we just even wrapped up a law enforcement engagement um yesterday and today where we also engage with law enforcement officials to ensure that uh, they display high level of ethics and integrity uh, but generally just to add that um, uh, i think um, citizens need to understand that um, it's our right to actually cast our votes it's very important uh, so the political elites don't mean well for the country wants citizens to believe that uh, there is no hope want them to feel despondent and want them not to trust the process uh, so yes the process is not 100 percent perfect but you really have to engage in the process for it to change uh, so if citizens sit back and say nothing will change things are bad then things would actually then get worse but if citizens come out and actually participate in the process it might not be 100 percent but definitely it's going to be zero things will actually make progress so please uh, come out uh, get your pvcs and vote candidates who actually have a proven uh, record to have a track record and citizen candidates actually mean well thank, thank you. you all right so abubakar in three seconds or 30 seconds rather just you know any last words sam has said it all we want a country we are proud of so we cannot relent. We need to engage the system. We need to continually engage the system. We need to ask questions. It's our right. A vote is a public good. It's a public service. So we need to continually ask questions and engage the system. Okay. All right. Thank you so very much, gentlemen. Um, for you listening, thank you for tuning in. We've been speaking to Samuel Astini, Programs and Specialist at the Civil Society Legislative Advocacy Center, and Abubakar Dafar, Monitoring, Evaluation, and Learning Officer, Resource Center for Human Rights and Civic Education. Thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Data Chat. Thank you for having us. Thank okay. you for having us. So as we count down to the 2023 elections, let's all be law-abiding citizens and most importantly, let them vote wisely. Thank you for tuning in. I am Basti Patricia, a team communications officer for NOI Post. Do tune in and catch the same time, same station next week. Have a wonderful evening in Abuja. It's cross-blunder to theorize before one.